0: Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Curry, and welcome to Eavesdrop. So glad you were with us today. We're going to be talking about a subject that has affected all of us at some point in our lives. We're going to be talking about grief, about grieving, and how we cope with that, how we deal with that. You can find us at iTunes. You can uh, subscribe, so they'll be automatically downloaded to the... uh, device of your choosing and you can also find us at bigbrainsmedia.com and also at Stitcher so make sure you tell your friends about us Uh, and we're really glad you're with us today we're joined today by Pat Bowles who is I guess I should say an expert in dealing with grief tell us a little bit about how that happened that grief has become such a part of your life well,
1: Fran, I think we grieve many things. Yes. Um, I think the first time I really understood that I was grieving, I don't remember even when my father died, I was so angry, um, but I didn't see that as grief. Uh, but over the last 10 years, I've had a chance to walk through a program called Celebrate Recovery and and really get real with my life and, and to see me as Jesus sees me. Um and I grieved my childhood. I grieved what I, um, I grieved the fact when my dad died that he didn't say "I love you." Wow. Um, he would say it if I said it first, but I didn't want to say it first that day. And so, all all the things that I had stuffed through my childhood uh, began to surface because I experienced anger at him when he died and I never expressed that anger before Um, and where that comes from is I was born into a very dysfunctional family I think uh, as I have walked through recovery I think all of us are born into dysfunctional families in one way or the other (laughs) I think we are (laughs) and so as um, but Mine was pretty much, I guess, the same as a lot of people, only my dad was the town drunk. Uh, Everybody knew that my dad drank. It was no secret. What was the secret was what went on in our household at night when the door closed Mm -hmm. and the abuse um, to my mother. My dad came out of a very violent background. Uh, he did what he learned. Um, and so, over the last 10 years, I have, um, that was my first experience with grief, grief over the last 10 years. I, when I went back to look at my dad and the influence that that play, paid in, played in my life and um and then there are other things that I have grieved as well. Uh, the loss of friends. Early in college, uh, I found I was in a two-year school, and people went away. I mean, you went, you made really good friends, and then they moved on. And I thought, this just hurts too bad. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just not going to do this anymore.
0: I'm yeah. not going to set myself up to lose more people. Yeah, I understand that. And do you believe it's ne- necessary to grieve? Can we get past those things? As, as you know, I've been engaged three times, and for a variety of reasons, the relationships ended. The, the one that I truly loved, and probably still do, um, was an atheist. And, um, you know, at, at 20-something, you think you can change anybody. <laughs> the second one <laughs> tried to kill me. The third one... Um, I just wasn't in love, and man, it was going to be a great wedding, and I was more focused on the wedding, so I'm trying to see should have I grieved that? Have I grieved not having children because number three was the end of the line for me having mm-hmm. kids. so is that something that when in situations like that that we need to grieve?
1: I think we do need to grieve. I think um our God grieves and Not long ago, I lost a year and a half ago, I lost my husband. And so that process was a process that I don't know that it ever ends. It's because he will always be in my memories, and there will always be things that spark. A memory of him, or my precious little granddaughter, uh, and she did such a number on us before she, before Joe passed away uh, in growing our relationship together. But I know that grief has a purpose. Um, God created me for a purpose, and the beauty of my loss with Joe is it did not stifle my relationship with my Lord my hope was not in Joe my hope is in Jesus Christ we had had a very uh, unusual year before he passed away Mm -hmm. I mentor ladies from Celebrate Recovery and from our church and God is so sweet how he uses that in my life and he had brought me to uh, ladies that year, and they were both uh, struggling with some marriage is- issues, and and God said, well, how are you going to help them if you've you not dealt with your own? You're scared to rock the boat.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: So, wow. but but God wanted me to understand that love that he has for me, that unconditional love, love without expectation.
0: Oh, Say that again. (laughs) Jesus
1: loves me unconditionally. He loves me without expectation. Wow. I cannot say that my love for my husband was pure because I had many expectations. Yes. So God, just in his sense of humor, um, said, okay, we're going to deal with this part of your life. And so it was not an easy year. Joe had had prostate cancer in '09. In '10, he had open heart surgery, and there was a side to him. And I and I think that's true with um, open heart surgery. And they when they move your heart, and mm-hmm. they say that you respond differently. Well, he responded to me like my father. Wow. And that hurt deeply. Yeah. But God knew what it was going to take in order for me to be willing to go there to look at my own stuff. And so I grieved my marriage what it was not. We Now, don't get me wrong here. We had many wonderful years. Mm-hmm. We had many good times. We loved to dance. Oh, wow. How cool. But what God said was, there is a deeper relationship underneath this, and I want it to be a relationship like your relationship should be with me, a love without expectations. And so, through many things, God taught me to love this man without expectations, expecting nothing in return. That's deep.
0: And that's hard.
1: Yes, it is hard.
0: Very.
1: But, you know, I had gone to a a new church. Our pastor, our mission statement is love well. Now, usually (laughs) mission statements are yay long. Right, exactly. (laughs) And most people don't really understand what it is. um, But it was to love well. Love well. And our pastor has been teaching us for almost three years now how to love well, to love with the love of Jesus, to love with expectations. You know, God knew exactly when Joe had open heart surgery, how many days Joe had left on the face of the earth. When they did his arteriogram, they told us he was a week out from a major heart attack. Wow, God's grace gave us another year to close all the doors that had been left open without discussion. Any anger, everything was put on the table in that last year. When he passed away, he had an aneurysm. He was dead in two and a half hours. But I knew when that day came, and I knew as I was sitting in the hospital and he was in surgery, I knew the outcome because I felt like God had had me sitting at his feet for so long that I knew that he would never leave me or forsake me. And I knew, and Joe and I had had this conversation the week before. God is so um, magnificent. He's so mighty. Uh, I had gone to meet a sponsee. Um, A sponsee is a lady that I mentor. And I left home, and I didn't say what time I would be back. You know, women gab. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we talk a long time. Yes, we do. (laughs) And so I was gone three and a half hours. Oh, boy. Well, Joe uh, had a law enforcement background, and he was very protective, and very concerned when I didn't show up at the right time. Oh. And so we had that conversation when I drove in, and uh, he just happened to greet me in the garage. And, you know, God gave us the most special conversation. And I had worked through much of my fear. Right. And I looked at him, and I loved him well, but I loved him... Uh, with tough love and you know jesus was all about tough love that's for sure yeah. but i i just didn't learn that part yeah. of god's love yeah so i got out of the car and and he tells me uh how long i've been gone and i apologized <laughs> i i responded i did not react
0: and there's a huge difference
1: there is and i had spent much of my life reacting yes. he had spent much of married life reacting so we had two very reactive people but he asked me told me how concerned he was Mm -hmm. and and where he was going to look next and about calling the police and uh if i hadn't shown up soon and i looked at him and i said did you pray for me (laughs) while while i was when you couldn't didn't know where i was and he said, yes, I did. And I said, did you trust God to take care of me when you didn't know where I was? And he did not answer me. And I looked at him and I said, Joe, your fear is your fear, honey. And I'm not going to pick up your fear. I've dealt with mine. So, you know, it opened much conversation for yeah. us. Yeah. And so we walked on into the kitchen and, and we had some more discussion and we went on to bed and I sat up in bed and leaned over and I kissed him goodnight and told him I loved him. And he mumbled. <laughs> They're good at that. <laughs> they are good at that. But, you know, and then I sat back, I lay down and I sat back up. I turned around and looked at him and I said, you know, I know sometimes you don't like me very much. Or my actions is what you really don't like. And I said, there have been times I've not liked your actions either. But I have always loved you. Yeah. And this was a week before he
0: died. Wow. What closure you got with with that event.
1: It was. It was so much closure, and we had dealt with it, and he had even told me six weeks before, he said, This has been the hardest year of our marriage, but the most The sweetest year. And it was because we learned to communicate.
0: And communication is the key. Communication.
1: Yes. To respond and not react. Right. Um, And so I knew that God was, with Joe's death, God was leading me into another area of ministry. And He has put many things on the table for me to do. Do I grieve, Joe? Joe, yes, I do. I miss him. Yeah, but Joe, at that point, was no longer my God. Wow, he was not. He was not my security anymore. He didn't take my hope when he died.
0: That's powerful because so often when people we love so much mm-hmm. die, or just um, you mentioned in college, just when people leave, mm-hmm. it is devastating, mm-hmm. and. I am very, wow, what's the word? I find it very dangerous to get into relationships with people. Be they romantic, be they friendships, because I don't think I can survive if they leave. Which tells me right there, I'm leaning on them more than I'm leaning on God.
1: I would agree with that. During that last couple years of our life, I did much counseling to look at my own life and to go back and venture into what I had missed uh, in working my recovery. And this is, I've been doing recovery and going deeper and looking to see what God sees in me now for over 10 years. And I learned many things. When I went to um, the counselor, I said, this is what I want. I do not want a divorce. I love my husband. Mm -hmm. I want to speak truth to you. I want to be totally honest with you, totally transparent. And what I want you to speak to me is I want you to tell me if I'm wrong in my thinking. And I want you to speak God's word to me. And he did. And I learned many things. And one of those things that I learned was... That God loves me just like I am. That is tremendous. And He wants an intimate relationship with me. The same kind of thing that I
0: was looking for with my husband. And we already have that with God. We have that with God. We just have to recognize that we have that with God. What gets in my way is anger. I'm very mm-hmm. angry. Um, as as you No, um, I went to school in Boston, and Mm -hmm. Boston is very much my city. Mm -hmm. Uh, I lost one person Mm -hmm. in the bombing. Um, And as I talk to other friends in Boston, anger is so deep and abiding in their hearts and in their souls and in mine. Mm -hmm. And it 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 is a scary kind of anger because it's like the anger after 9-11. Like, who in the world do they think they are to fly planes into buildings where innocent people are? How do we grieve that which we don't understand? Well,
1: I think it all goes back to my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Scripture tells me that, and I think it's Matthew 25, 35 through 40, when you have done it to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. And I do believe there's a righteous anger, those times that we have the right to be angry. But I also believe that that anger can turn to bitterness. And when it turns to bitterness, it has a huge part of our heart. So when I have done it to the least of these, I have done it unto you, my Heavenly Father. So my I, I learned that my anger at my husband was anger at God. I never thought that could possibly be true. Right. But it, you know, the more I would ponder that, I could see that it is true. And mm-hmm. when my anger turned to bitterness and it did, it separate and it, it separates me from my relationship with my heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. That, too, was part of my journey over that last two years, learning to love my husband uh, unconditionally without any expectation. And you know what was so sweet about that? Those last couple of months were so sweet. He actually served my—we had friends that came for dinner that Friday night before— And we were going to play cards. And Joe said, I'm going to cook tonight. And I said, well, what are you going to cook? Wow. And he said, pizza.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love your husband. Bravo, dude. (laughs) Could eat it every day. (laughs) Yeah. So um, he did
1: cook pizza. He called uh, um, the pizza place and ordered that. and, um, And I said, well, honey, could we have a salad? a salad. <laughs> I said, yeah, let's have a salad. I love a salad with pizza. This man went and he bought exactly what I would have bought. And it was our friend's birthday. And he bought just the cake that Jim would have liked. And God is so good. We sat out, we were playing cards and we talked about funerals. Really? We talked about funerals. and And Joe pulled this little Piece of paper that he had carried for years in his wallet, and he said, "This is these are the songs I want played at my my funeral, and this is the poem I want read." But you have to realize, Pat's going to do it the way she wants it done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have dared people; I have everything planned, and they better do what I say, or I'm coming out of the casket, kiss.
1: <laughs> but you know, that was all a part of gr- Joe. Uh, I'm sorry, God's grace. Yeah. When it came time for the, to make arrangements for the funeral, that piece of paper was nowhere to be found. Really? It was not in his wallet. No. None of that was there. Wow. You know, God wanted it God's way. Yeah. And he had served us well that night. And it was just, it was just a touch of God's love. Yeah. And then on Monday morning, he passed away. Wow. Ah, uh, so you know God is God is a loving God, and I think too, you know, we grieve. We all grieve differently, and that's one of those things that I have learned through going to grief support. And I fought it. I didn't want to go. Didn't like the book, uh, but that's not where I was my first year. Mm-hmm. That's not where God had me in my first year. Right. And so in January. Uh, The following January, I started grief support, and God would teach me many things. We have a very good grief support system in Alabama. Uh, In Birmingham, it's community grief support. And it was really interesting to be able to sit there in a room of 15 people who had lost their spouses. Wow. And that's another venue where we learn to be very transparent with one another. Um. To talk and to grieve, and I think a lot of times people don't say things because they don't know what to say. Right.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, and that was very true of me. Yeah. I did that myself. Um. And so, as people would say, "But I don't know what to say to you," I'd say, "Just give me a hug." Mm-hmm. That says it all. Exactly. Um. And people think it think that you know well it's been a year uh, it's cut off time <laughs> it, it should be over now she's okay now yeah she's okay <laughs> we passed that year mark let's move on with life no, you, no. and that's not necessarily how it happens no. uh, it, it's waves that come and go and and different things that spark it yeah and my grief is unique to me right your grief would be unique to you. It has to do with who we lost, our relationship with the person we lost. And I believe it has a lot to do with our walk with Christ and, and where we are in that relationship.
0: So for people who are at the beginning stage of grieving, what advice do you give to them to make it? To survive losing that person that that I mean one thing I think a lot of people in our country are grieving right now is are things that they thought they would always have a job, mm-hmm. a home um, some of the the major things that that you think that you would never lose or, or they 've lost a person. What advice do you give and give those folks
1: I would um Find me some very good people mm. <laughs> that I could be totally honest and transparent with, who would listen to my pain, who would not think that they had to fix me, right? But would walk with me, right? And I was so blessed. Uh, the morning Joe died, there must have been thirty-five to forty people had gathered at the hospital in in two hours. Wow. And it was – I knew people were praying for us. I knew that early on. But I would. I would find me – and it may be your closest friend, but it, it has to be a person who's lost something that you've lost. Right. Unless I lost a husband, I don't truly understand that grief. Right. Unless I've lost my home, I can't really relate to a person who has – lost their home right exactly and i know i have a friend who's lost a child an adult child and i really i don't really totally under understand her grief because i never lost my my son
0: right but grieving has to be part of the process i think i am one of those people who just stuffs it down and then eventually i will explode and how do we how, how do we avoid that? You know, I, I had a I had a therapist once who told me, and I didn't feel like talking that day, and I had a horrible boss, and I hated my job, so I had to go to therapy that morning, and I was just talking crap, and he sat up and looked at me, and he said, "Why are you here?" I said, "Cause I want to talk to you," and he said. You are the most manipulative, smartest patient I have ever had. Why don't you just shut up? You are wasting your time you are wasting my time and your money. And I just bawled like a baby. and he said, "Now, let's get to the real stuff. And getting to the real stuff ain't always that easy because it hurts so bad.
1: I think that's true, and I think part of that is the society that we grow up grew up in. And for me, it was thinking that I had to be perfect.
0: Oh, me too.
1: <laughs> and so I strived all my life to be perfect, so somebody, so people would love me. And yes, oh gee, it was in early recovery. Uh, my job as a child was to protect my mother and to fix life for my dad. And I was learning that. I was the adult daughter of an alcoholic. I had no idea I emerged from that family with all that baggage. And then on, I'll never forget a pastor, my pastor at the time in 2000, January of 2004, saying that this was the year of recovery for our church. Wow. And I thought, okay, if he can do this, I can do this too. My mother, I'd already put her in a nursing home. She had been abused. I went home and collapsed that night. Wow. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how I would ever get reassembled. Wow. So that was my beginning of, of doing recovery work and learning what my past did to my future, how I took my past into my marriage.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: That I was really stuck in my childhood
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I was like a turtle that when the abuse started, I would withdraw into my shell
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: and I didn't know how to have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and Are you my sister? <laughs> I could be. <laughs> I could be. We have many sisters like us. Yeah. But so thankful for a loving heavenly father who would walk me through yeah. those those tough years and that allowed me to fall apart in order that I would have a deeper relationship with himself. Because I grew up thinking that as a Christian life was gonna be all good.
0: Yes, me too. Wonderful. Happy. We love Jesus. It's good. He loves us. (laughs) But you know, that's not really
1: what scripture told me at all. It said, I would have trials and tribulations. And it's learning how to walk through the trials, how to, uh, I'm, I'm back to that, how to love well. Yes. how to love unconditionally, how to love with e- without expectation. Oh, God, that's the hard part. Yes, it is hard, but my gosh, the other side of it is so wonderful. Okay. It is. I'll let you guide me through that, sister. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is just, I guess what the last three years has done for me, it has taken me into a much deeper relationship with my Heavenly Father uh, he has allowed me to watch him on multiple levels of how he works. He doesn't just work in my life. He's working in many people, and it just fascinated me how it would it's been with people who were born before me or after me. and but he knew all my days, all my days when he created me. And he knew exactly where I would be this very day. At this very moment, he also taught you how to read
0: people's mail, did he? He did oh. <laughs> <laughs> the first night we met y'all I, she started talking, and I started bawling and you you just baited me out. You did because i I think I'm real good at having um very straight face, very detached to a certain extent, and Because for me to get close to someone, Mm -hmm. I run the risk of getting hurt, and I just can't go there. So tell people what to do in that case.
1: Oh, you know, we have a really great program called Celebrate Recovery, Mm -hmm. and... I'll go back to my church. I love my church where I am because it is made up of broken people, truly broken, so many broken people. We
0: are so broken.
1: (laughs) And, you know, we are learning how to love one another exactly where we are. And I think God has been preparing me for this time in my life. And he began with a few ladies. You know, I don't know all that he's going to do. He's given me many passions over the last six months to a year, and I think when people trust you, they're more prone to talk with you. Right. <laughs> and so I think, I think maybe you sense that in me. Uh, I don't take the credit for that, but I think God told you it was okay to,
0: yeah. to lay it all out in front of me that night. Because I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate, but scared to. Use that passion because of the job I had for so Uh many years, 18 years, nine months, 25 days, six and a half hours. I worked (laughs) at a TV station, and I was very, very passionate about doing news fairly and taking care that we were good to the people that we talked about. And I watched that die Mm -hmm. before me, and I wanted to fix it, and I couldn't fix it, and I didn't lean on God for that. And uh, it's been six years. It'll be six years, Mm -hmm. June 27th. And so I'm still trying to put myself back together. But maybe I need to let God put me back together.
1: You know, he does a really great job at putting us back together. Mm -hmm. I've always failed when I took that back. And I promise you, I have taken it back and released it many times. I describe it as my little bat and (laughs) ball. I date myself here. But when my children came along... There was a little paddle that had a ball on the oh, end. Yeah. And you hit <laughs> Love it back us. and forth. Yes. Well, I just kept hitting it right there to him and jerking it back, and I did that over and over. It didn't really get me anywhere. I hope I'm at a place that I never have to go where I've been before.
0: Oh, amen. But sister. that my
1: that my walk with my Lord is cons- more consistent. I know before, I could go days and weeks and not have a quiet time, even months. Uh, but I miss my Jesus so bad when I don't spend time with him now. And it's okay. It's okay to have hearts. It's okay. It was my learning to trust God. My not trusting my husband, regardless of what it related to in our marriage, whether it was uh, making a decision that I didn't agree with could be many things. If I did not trust my husband, I did not trust God. That was one wow. of those those things that God showed me so clearly and that if I didn't trust my daddy, well my daddy wasn't trustworthy. Wow So how do I trust my, my earthly daddy? But you know I was to have a respect for my earthly daddy and until I got that whole piece of that puzzle, and looked at my dad from a different perspective. And I'll tell you, when I was doing some writing, uh I realized that my heavenly father had always been my heavenly father.
0: Right.
1: My daddy was always my daddy. He never became dad. Right. He never grew up. In my in my childlike Help. essence, he never became my dad. I will call him that na- dad now. I never called him daddy dad before, Amazing. until I was until I got to the point that I could accept the fact that a loving God loved him as much as He loved me. Wow. That my daddy had a far worse life than I had ever had, mm-hmm. and that God knew who my dad was going to be and who my mother was going to be. And he said, that is good. And he, he knew exactly who they needed to be to keep me at the foot of the cross.
0: And there you are. And there I am. To the, to help us today. Thank you so much. You are um, a blessing, not just to me, but to all of us. And we appreciate you for being here today. Pat Bowles with... Uh, Really good advice about grief and grieving and, and how we start to heal our heal our brokenness. And we appreciate all of you for joining us for Eve's Drop today. Again, my name is Fran Curry, and you can find us at iTunes, and you can set it up so it'll automatically download it to your device. You can find us at bigbrainsmedia.com and at Stitcher. God bless you all. Thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week.